Here we are at our ninth and final Spooky Listener Stories episode for this season, anyways. Thank you to everyone who shared your story with us. We have really enjoyed listening. I hope you all have a wonderful Halloween. And to those of you gearing up for November's NaNoWriMo, Godspeed. I'm going to be right there with you. All right, let's get right into it. This story happened to me years ago when I was in college. Three buddies and I rented this old house. It was two stories. The upstairs at one time had been sectioned off into an apartment. So there were three bedrooms, two baths, and a second kitchen on the top floor. Three of us stayed up there. On the bottom floor, we had a kitchen, uh, two bedrooms, a large living room that was uh, basically abandoned. None of us would go in there for whatever reason. We didn't even put furniture in there. Huh. On the far side of that living room was an enclosed porch. It had once been just a regular porch and they had enclosed it. So the old front door was at the end of that living room. Our fourth friend decided that he wanted to live in that enclosed porch area. So he had a key to not only the front door that uh, led to his room, but the old front door that was part of the, uh, the porch. He was a very private guy, and uh, he had something we all coveted. It was a Sega Dreamcast. None of us had one of those, and he would only let us play it if he was there to monitor to make sure that we didn't you know, mess it up or anything. So one day, I come home from school early, and I decide, well, maybe, maybe my friend is home and I can, I can play the Dreamcast. So I walk across that long living room, my feet echoing on the hardwood floors, and I get to the door, and I hear the front door open. The door to the outside, the door that my friend used to go into his room. And I looked through the window, this what used to be the old front door, and no one was there. Ooh. I distinctly heard that door open and close, but no one was in the house. So I freaked out and I left. Yeah. We had a couple of other incidents in that house where my alarm clock would start turning on the radio and changing the stations until I threw that away. Hmm. But uh, that's the spookiest thing that ever happened to me in real life. There you go. <laughs> Spooky. Hearing things that aren't there is never good. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Hi, Liz. Uh, my name is Tracy, and I am a longtime listener, and I so appreciate um, your work. You're just... Wonderful. So this is a very gentle series of ghost stories that are a little connected. So um, I hope uh, people enjoy them if this gets on the show. Yeah. So I live in New York City um, and I have been a longtime volunteer at a haunted um, historical home. Um, and it is well known for being haunted. And it's one of these places that actually is on oh. like lots of like most haunted lists and things like that, but Excellent. it's an absolute beautiful home. And, um, 
myself and the other volunteers usually are just like uh, extra careful about closing up the place. Um, I've often had to do it by myself and you just kind of get used to it. Um, everybody who uh, spends enough time there has a story. Um, and my particular way of dealing with it, uh, the haunted home, was just to, in my mind, um, thank the former residents who apparently never left um, yeah. and say to them, but please don't, please don't come out. You stay on your side of the fence. I'll stay on mine and yeah. that'll be good. So I can keep volunteering, volunteering here. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye. Um, so <laughs> that worked just fine for probably about 10 years of volunteering, but all of my friends who were volunteering ended up with like pretty cool stories. And eventually I started to feel like a little bummed that nothing cool had happened to me. So one time then instead of saying, okay, thanks, you guys stay on your side, I'll stay on my side, I'll take good care of the house, thanks. I said, okay, you can let me know that you're here, but please don't scare me. So um, uh -uh. that's how I would kind of end my time in the house. So <laughs> one time we were having um, ghost tours in the, in the home and I um, help with those and then we were closing up and sort of in the downstairs area there was an original kitchen and a little tiny modern kitchen off of that so I was cleaning up a bunch of things in the um, in the modern kitchen all by myself um, when suddenly I smelled the most wonderful smell of fresh baking bread coming from the original kitchen as if someone was baking bread right in front of me. Oh. So there are no bakeries or restaurants um, in the immediate area of this historic home. So it couldn't have come from anywhere else. Um, and certainly there was no one doing anything in the house. So um, I kind of laughed to myself because I realized, oh, the ghosts actually figured out how to um, let me know that they were there without scaring me um, because if you could see me, you would know that I have no issues with carbs. They do not frighten me. <laughs> so that was my gentle introduction into ghosts. Wow. So a couple of years later, I moved to a new home, uh, a new apartment in the same neighborhood. Um, and it is a carriage house building. Um, it's really cute. It's all on the street. There's a, a building in front of it, but there's an adorable little courtyard and it's only five apartments and it, I have a, a little working fireplace and I know all my neighbors and it's this wonderful little cozy um, feeling in a big Aww. city. So when I first moved in, I brought my two kitties in and I, I can only say I got the same feeling that I got in the historic home I mentioned where it just kind of felt like occupied, if oh. that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't necessarily a bad thing but um, there is a ceiling fan in the living room of this apartment and it kept turning on or turning off by itself and kind of driving me batty. Um, I was, I thought maybe that the people downstairs had the same fan and maybe they were using the same remote to turn it on and off. Um, oh. It didn't seem to be, I couldn't figure out what was going on. So I had it replaced. Um, things, were mostly better after that, but occasionally things would still kind of go a little, go a little weird at times. Um, and I would still feel this sort of presence. And one night I was in bed with my two kitties and I very clearly heard 
um, a sneeze coming from the living room of my apartment. Oh, and I was like, well, that's not going to work for me. No. So I used um, sage or uh, to go around the apartment and Mm. kind of um, do a bit of a blessing. And I kind of I I said that really only love and joy should be in the apartment from now on. And I saged the whole place. And after that, um, the whatever was happening stopped. So that was all good. And I kind of forgot about it. So a couple of years later, I was in my neighbor's upstairs apartment and I was telling her uh, or she was telling me about um, a a drop off that she that I was going to receive for her. And she mentioned that uh, in this case, it was balloons for a children's party. And she asked me to tie them up to a banister in their apartment because she said that her their electric fan kept going on and off at random times. So I kind of laughed and I explained, oh, you might have my ghosts. I did a little bit of staging and, and now you don't have them anymore. Um, but maybe they've come to you. So we laughed and that was um, sort of the end of that. So um, I the next day I was talking to one of my girlfriends about how I had successfully like saged away this particular little ghosty. Yeah. Um, and I was talking to her and no shit, excuse my French, but I shit you not, my television turned on <sighs> while I was telling her this story. Um, and what I took that to mean was that actually the ghost was not gone. The ghost was just abiding by my rules. I didn't say no ghosts allowed. I said only joy and love is permitted in this apartment. So that was really funny. Um, I resage <sighs> my apartment um, every once in a while and um, it still feels occupied in a certain way, but it doesn't feel bad. Mm. So um, flash forward to actually just earlier this year, um, my mom had, before the pandemic, she retired and moved from the burbs in New Jersey into Manhattan and had a wonderful time volunteering and really um, just enjoying city life. But when COVID hit, she couldn't do many of the things that she'd enjoyed before. And um and she moved to New Jersey. Um, she was doing all this by herself because unfortunately my dad died really young. Um, he um, had a heart transplant back in the 80s and he lived for nine years. Um, but unfortunately, eventually he did pass away. Um, he was a great father and husband and my mom, uh, still it's clear that he's the love of her life. And um, anyway, um, he was a huge sports fan. So basically every Sunday, all Sunday football, uh, like every, every single game, endless games, all of the games, all the time, um, would, our living room would be playing sports. So anyway, um, my mom moved to New Jersey and she settled into a super cute, um, little home in an over 55 community. And I helped her settle in and I ended up staying with her like quite a bit because again, COVID and New York city, not so fun. And I was, uh, talking to her in the kitchen and again, the television, um, in her living room just turned itself on. to a sports channel which literally we would never do (laughs) my mom and me we are not sports people we're down to nappy people so it was random but I walked back into the room and I I turned it off and I didn't say anything to my mom but I really laughed to myself um, because it was really clear to me that it was my dad visiting and telling us that he was okay so to make this long story a little shorter 
I did not realize when I invited the ghosts to to let to make themselves known, but not to scare me, that I was really issuing a general kind of invitation. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's actually proven itself to be a really nice thing. So I'm super grateful um, for the experiences that I've had, and especially that uh, my dad was able to check in on us and let us know that that he's around and happy. Um, and yeah, it's, it's all actually been kind of a delight. So this isn't so much a spooky story, I think is a happy story, but I wanted to share it and I hope you enjoy. Thanks so much and take care. Bye-bye. Uh, I apologize for the fucking dog barking in the background. Sorry about that. I'm guessing his bone is stuck under the couch, but Thank you for sharing those stories. They were lovely. Your description of them at the beginning as a gentle theme is was so right on. And they were all just lovely and happy and cozy. So thank you very much for sharing them. Hi, Liz. My name's Mick, and I'm going to tell you a story about my most recent real haunting experience. I was living in a house in San Francisco and it was a house built in the early 1900s and I had been Mm. living in the back part of the house while the front had been uh, renovated. So once the front was renovated, I moved into this like front bedroom with an attached bathroom and everything was fine for the first few weeks. And then suddenly at night, it started to feel like somebody was watching me. Um, I noticed this, but I didn't say anything to my boyfriend and eventually Ugh. about a week or two later he he said you know I sound like I'm crazy but like it I think somebody's staring at me or I feel like someone's been watching me yeah. so we chalked it up to our own paranoia and moved on for a bit and then we started feeling that feeling when we were in the kitchen which was right outside of this room and one of our really good friends also mentioned that she felt like somebody was watching her So we all sort of, you know, laughed at ourselves um, about it and again moved on. And then I, uh, one night, this friend, my boyfriend and I were all sitting around our dining room table chatting. And my roommate, who did not know about these conversations we've been having, she um, was cooking. And out of nowhere, she just jumped and you know we looked at her and said hey are you okay is everything okay and she said yeah it's just the weirdest thing like i i just felt like somebody was right behind me so the three of us got quiet because what was right behind her was the area in the kitchen where we had all felt somebody watching us so pretty quickly after that every night between sometime between about like one to maybe 3 34 in the morning Um, but never at the same time, all of the lights in the bathroom attached to my bedroom would go off. So there were lights Mm. that were sensors and there were lights that had to be flipped on and they would just all go on. And we first were thinking it might be some electrical issue. We had the electrician come out. There was nothing wrong with our lights. Hmm. This continued night and night and night after night. And then finally, um, this friend who I mentioned earlier in the story said, Hey, I was at a garden center yesterday and I bought some dried sage. I thought 
maybe we could, um, you know, sage your house and see if we could get rid of the spirit. And I really wasn't taking it very seriously at that time. So I said, sure, why not? You know, so she comes over, we have dinner, we have a little bit of wine, and I look up on Google how to sage the house. So we light the sage, we go through every room in the house with the doors and windows open, and we go to every corner and do the whole thing, and then we end up back at the uh, door of the house. And my friend says, okay, now you just need to say your intention one last time. So I say, if there's anything in this house, you need to leave right now. And as I say leave, every door in my house slammed shut at the same time. Oh my God. My friend and I were in such shock because like that was just insane. Um, We were shaking. And to me, it was really insane because I've had a lot of experiences in my life with supernatural or like unexplainable, you know, things happening, but never had I had it happen with somebody there next to me validating my experience. It's it's just a lot harder to explain away. So later my boyfriend came over and he's like, that's it. My mom told me what to do. She's Catholic, you know, strong Middle Eastern Catholic woman. She's like, here's some holy water from Lourdes and a crucifix. So we put the crucifix in the bathroom. We put the holy water all over the bathroom floor. And then nothing happens that night. So no, no lights go off. So we're thinking, okay, whatever it was, it's done. And then the next day I come home from work and I'm sitting on my bed with my computer, just kind of working on some things. And um, all of a sudden the dimmer for the lights on my room goes all the way down slowly and all the way back up. And I just shake it off. I'm like, I'm just going to ignore this. Like, I'm not going to let it, you know, take over my life. And then my brother calls to talk and he asks me how things are going at the house. And I say, you know what? Like, I'm just sick of this thing scaring me and I'm not going to Mm. let it scare me anymore. And I'm going to have my friend who's a pastor come over and bless the place. And as I said that, my phone shut all the way off. Um, Completely powered down. So I've turned it back on. My brother's frantically calling me. And at this point, I just said, like, fuck this. Excuse my language. Like, screw this. And I took my, um, took a bag, called my boyfriend, and I was like, I'm staying on the phone with you till I leave, but I'm getting out of this house and I'm not coming back until it's blessed. So hmm. I did call my friend. She was a priest at the Episcopal Cathedral in San Francisco. And I was like, this is going to sound crazy, but this is what I'm going through. And wow. interestingly enough, she told me that she often has people coming in trying to like sneak holy water, uh, um, which she laughs about because like holy water's free, and you know, yeah. to try to bless their place or asking her to bless their place. So she came over with her husband, who's also a priest, and they blessed the entire house. Um, and then after that, nothing ever happened again. So that was my very crazy, unexplainable brush with. Uh, something or somebody in my house in San Francisco. Yeah, I don't like it. I, um, the dimmer going up and going down and then back up, it just feels so intentional in those doors. I don't know. It seems like nothing bad happened, but it seems like it was a bad spirit from what it kind of reacted to. But, I'm glad nothing else happened. So, thank you for sharing. Thank you. Um, 
So I tried to record this earlier and it didn't work very well. So I'm trying again. Um, I'm from Central America and uh, the story takes place there. I'm a person who, since I was really small, used to see a ton of stuff. So this story is more about an incident, not really anything like super exciting in terms of like end result or whatever. Just kind of Hmm. laying the groundwork. When I was about four or five, I stayed in my brother's bedroom because my mom was doing something like I don't know. She used to paint murals, so maybe painting a mural in my room, maybe putting a closet in my room. I remember her doing that at some point. But either way, um, I was sleeping in my brother's room, which was a very long rectangular room. And uh, it was long enough that you could put two twin beds end to end. So my feet were sort of where my brother's headboard began, if, if that gives you the picture. And that was about the length of the room. So that was exactly like covered one side of the room. The door was off center. So like you could walk past both beds if you wanted to. Um, On the other end of the room, so the other small side from the door, there was a closet that my brother's bed was blocking. And there was a window with all those old multi-pane type glass things um, that looked onto a concrete patio. Back in the day, they used it to like dry wash and things like that. But like, yeah, it was an ugly view, but whatever. That's that's where his window led. And then there were curtains that were open uh, most of the time. And they were like held with the little like curtain holder things. So that's the, the picture of that particular room. And... I went to bed that particular night and, you know, being a scaredy cat means you wake up in the middle of the night and you kind of squint your eyes, <laughs> <You're> like <laughs> trying to pretend to sleep and at the same time trying totally. to pretend that like there is, you know, that trying to see, I guess, that there's nothing there, that, that there's yeah. no creature out to like do something. And this particular night, I squinted my eyes, figuring out oh, there's nothing there. Uh, and what I saw was the the uh, curtains blowing from oh. the window, sort of that that way that oh. they do in like scary movies, like the weird billowy slow mo type floating curtain thing, um, which you know was already kind of odd. And then the curtains closed and opened quickly and suddenly there was a girl there and the girl was wearing this black dress with these multiple colored splotches on it but they were they were like small splotches they were thin splotches and they weren't they weren't like festive they didn't make her look festive they they were creepy and eerie and just they didn't make sense where they were I don't remember her her face. I don't remember her hair. You know, I want to say that it was black. It was the whole creepy vibe, but I really don't remember. What I do remember, however, is that she was carrying a sickle, not a scythe. And at the time, oh I God. knew that sickles 
were a weird thing for a ghost to carry. <laughs> and also, at the same time, that it was really damn freaky that a ghost yeah. was carrying a sickle. So, you know, and, and she didn't look like a ghost. I, I think that's the other part. She wasn't see-through. She was, oh. like, completely solidly there. Oh, boy. Uh, I didn't say that when I started recording this earlier, but she was completely solidly there. She was a little girl standing in the room that somehow walked in through the window that there was no way to open. Um, so she starts walking across the room, which forces her to kind of walk past our beds. And I'm watching her with those squinty eyes, you know, trying to pretend I'm asleep until she gets to around the foot of my bed. What and then the I'm hell? freaking, right? Cause I'm, I'm four. Oh. And uh, I close my eyes. And closing your eyes when there's someone like that in your room is worse than having them open because yeah, she walked yeah. and I couldn't hear her and I didn't know what she was doing. And for all I knew, she was going to lean over my bed. So of course, being four or five, there's no way I could pretend for very long. So I opened my eyes squinty again because, oh my God, what if that thing is like, over my bed with this like sickle uh, anyways so I opened my eyes and she's actually uh, turned away from me and heading back the direction she came so it's almost like she walked almost like a sentry I guess walked over to the door turned around and started walking back slowly there's no rush like she's just kind of like walking she's not turning her head yeah um, you know she's not doing anything threatening per se but but it's really scary there's yeah. it's, the atmosphere was scary her dress was scary which she was always scary <laughs> and she walks all the way across goes between the curtains and disappears again good god and that's the story <laughs> i never slept again in my brother's room no i i probably freaked out to my mom the next morning uh, and like I said, that is only one of many stories of things that I saw when I was little. But Yikes. it's the one that really, really sticks with me even now. So, thank you very much. Wow. <laughs> there was a lot of clicking during that recording. I'm sorry, but that was worth it um, to listen through the clicking because that was terrifying. <laughs> oh, my God. If you ended with the billowing curtains, opening and closing quickly, that would have been enough. But then the little girl. Wow. I'm surprised you ever slept again, to be honest. Thank you for sharing that story. Hi, Liz. Um, this is, I don't know how many times that I've tried to record this. Um, oh, no. I have great Sorry. respect for you and your podcast. I don't know how you do it because... Um, it's nerve wracking trying to record your own voice. I'm yeah. terrible at it. I record voicemails 50 times before I send them. Um, anyway, I'm going to try to move through this quickly. Uh, my grandfather haunted my house growing up. Oh. Um, the house was in our family for two generations. My father grew up in the house from when he was a wee little boy um, hmm. when they purchased it in 1960 all the way through to um, when my grandfather passed in October of 1982 my parents took it back over and then 
Um, wow. I grew up in that house until I moved out as an adult. And then my parents sold the house in 2017. Hmm. Um, so, but when my grandfather passed away in 1982, shortly before he died, he purchased a gift for my parents um, that they then received after he passed. Hmm. Um, and that was a microwave. Oh. So the interesting thing about the microwave is that it would beep um, at random times. If sometimes it would be more frequent, like every, you know, it would happen and then happen every couple days. And then sometimes you wouldn't have it happen for months or even a year at a time. Weird. Um, but it always seemed to happen when there was something going on, some big moment of change or um, remodeling in the house. I don't, anything that was changed related whether it was physical or somebody was was making a big decision then my grandfather one of the ways he would make himself known was through this microwave um you know which i fluctuate back and forth between being a skeptic and not um but just for the sake of the voicemail i'm gonna lean into the um the story so again my parents received it after he passed but he had purchased it for them before he died um and it would beep and then when my grandmother passed in 2013 my parents then still had the microwave for four more years before they sold it when they sold the house and um but from the time my grandmother passed to when they sold it it never beeped again. Ooh. Still worked perfectly, but it never beeped. And we think that's because he moved on with my grandmother when she passed. We think he was waiting for her um, because they were so incredibly in love. Um, my grandmother never fell in love with anybody else or remarried. Mm. After he passed, she just pined for him and looked forward to seeing him again. Um, in heaven she was a a little Christian Italian woman Hmm. Um, but one of the other indications that uh, people in our family insisted was my grandfather was a cigarette smoke smell Mm -hmm. and that's because he was the only person in the vicinity of the house to smoke Um, but he never smoked inside the house which is where we smelled the smell Um, he only ever snuck the occasional cigarette in his um, shed out in the backyard and my my aunts told me as an adult they said that he would when he was alive they would catch him out there smoking (laughs) a cigarette because my grandmother hated it so he wasn't allowed to smoke in the house so um, and me as I, I work in the paint industry. So of course I'm my skeptical side says, well, those kinds of odors can get stuck in little pockets Mm. in the, in the walls. Um, and it can seep in through air ducts and this and that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there could be that, but I smelled it when I was living there. Um, and it was strong. It wasn't like, the smell 
I've been in plenty of houses where there was like a lingering smoke smell. And again, he passed a few months before I was born and I still smelled that smell like somebody was smoking a cigarette next to me as an adult. And there were no, there was nobody else in the family that smoked and known surrounding neighbors that smoked. So it, that part of it was very odd. And oh, then one last story I will tell you um, is that one time my mother was home while there was some remodeling going on in one of the bathrooms um, across the house and she left the was leaving the workers alone and was hanging out in her bedroom across the house um, and the workers came to her very ticked off because oh. they were frustrated that she kept peeking in on them and checking in on their work um, and saying that you know they didn't trust her or she didn't trust them oh. and um, so on and so forth and she said listen I've been across the house I have no idea what you guys are doing over there. Um, and they insisted that they had been seeing someone peeking their head in, watching them do their work. Oh and my mom boy. said, oh, that's my father-in-law. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, that my mom insists to this day that that was, you know, anytime anything like that happened, there was work being done on the house. He would make himself known and keep an eye on things. So, and then when I was an adult, my father told me one day when we were talking about him, his dad, um, that when I was little, I used to talk to him and I don't personally remember that. Although I always have felt a kinship to him, even though we never met, um, Hmm. especially being that I was the last grandbaby and never got to meet him. Um, Hmm. so, you know, there's a lot to unpack there, you know, whether you believe in ghosts or not. Um, but anyways, my, my dad said, I used to speak to him when I was little, he would peek in on me in my, my room as a little girl. And I would be talking to my grandpa. And, you know, again, if you lean on the skeptic side, it could be that everyone talked so lovingly about my grandfather that as a little girl, I probably just wanted to participate in some way and mm. maybe felt left out. I don't know. I don't remember any of that. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going on what I'm told as an adult. So um, I think I covered everything. I hope I did. Again, I've recorded this a few times. And so I'm not sure what I've told you in this message or the previous one. So I hope I covered everything. Thank you for doing your podcast. I love listening to it. I hope you speak, you know, comment during my story because I love when you do that. (laughs) And um, thanks again. And I'll be listening. Bye-bye. Oh, thank you for sharing that. That's really cool. The whole time I'm trying to think, like, what, what would I haunt? What piece of electronics would I haunt in this house? The microwave, our microwave beeps incessantly because we're always taking things out before it's done. So I don't know. It just beeps at us for some reason. So it couldn't be that because everyone would ignore it. But um, we do have this stupid security system that's never worked. So I could probably get everyone's attention with that. (laughs) I think that's what I would haunt. But I think that's really great. I love that your grandpa was peeking in on the um, people working on the house because... I just love it. I love that he was keeping an eye on all you guys. 
and the cigarette smoke, that was him, for sure. I don't think you can explain it away. So, thank you. If you can believe it, we are on our very last spooky listener story. So, no pressure, but here it comes. Hi, Liz. I wanted to say first that I love the podcast. I listen to it all the time, and I wanted to share this spooky story. Yay. So, this is a possible haunting story about an apartment I lived in a few years ago that I quickly moved out of, and I will tell you (laughs) why. So I moved into this really cute little apartment. It was my first apartment in the new city I had just moved to. And so I spent a lot of time there just really enjoying having my own place, having a nice, relaxing place where nobody was bothering me. Hmm. And pretty soon though things started to get a little bit strange and in hindsight it's even stranger at the Um, time I thought you know this is just what it is to live in a city there are weird noises at night sometimes things are not the way that you expect them to be but after a couple of months of hearing strange noises one time I came home and the door was just open and I lived alone so no one should have been in my apartment oh no so that really freaked me out And then a few weeks later, I found an errant piece of chalk on the floor, which was strange because, again, lived alone in a little studio apartment. No one should have been in there. And I was not in the habit of drawing with chalk in the apartment. So a few months after I'd moved in, I was just, you know, having a hangout day. I was walking past my bedroom and glanced at the brick wall that was right behind my bed leading from the bedroom to the bathroom. Again, really tiny apartment. So it was unusual to see something that I didn't expect to see. So I glanced at the wall and just saw the word hate was written on one of the bricks. And I kind of just looked at it for a moment, really puzzled because how, first of all, how I had, how had I never noticed that before that was a really weird and ominous thing yeah. to be written on the wall in chalk and I paused and looked and kind of scanned the wall a little bit more and I saw another word this on the brick below it and to the right oh. and then I kind of just stepped back like again very confused and wondering you know who had been writing chalk messages on my wall And I took a step back and scanned the wall again, and suddenly, like the climax of a horror movie with all the screeching violins and cacophony, I realized that someone had written, you will hate this place on my wall in chalk. And I will tell you, my entire brain froze, my body froze, and then I sprinted out of there and called... My mom, my cousin, anyone I could think of to tell this story because, again, looking back, I had once found the door unlocked. I was yeah. hearing strange noises all the time. I had found a piece of chalk on the floor. And all that leads me to believe that either a ghost wrote this on my wall or someone had been in my apartment yeah. and chose to write this. So... Needless to say, I was terrified. My piece was completely broken, and I moved out three weeks later. Good girl. But that is my spooky story. Thanks for listening. 
Um, yeah. I don't know what... The, oh, the goddamn dogs. Here we go. Um, I don't know what's more frightening. The idea that it was a ghost or that there was someone in your apartment. And... Ugh, that actually scares me more. The idea that there was someone in your apartment. Um, but... Gosh, that's a great story to end on because that really gave me the creeps. So thank you for sharing that. I wish you all the happiest of Halloweens. I hope you're watching your scary movies, reading your scary books, listening to all the podcasts. And when you do listen to those podcasts, if you enjoy them, make sure you leave your podcasters a five-star review and let them know why you love them because I know that they will really appreciate it. So... Until next year, good night, sleep tight, and don't forget your nightlight. Surprise, there's one more story. I just went to click out of this and one appeared. We're going to listen to it. Because goddammit, we're going to finish this project. So let's hear it. Hi, Liz. My name is also Liz. I'm originally from Melbourne, <laughs> Massachusetts. Oh. But my little story takes place in Whitensville, Massachusetts. Um, I was about 15 or 16 years old. I was at my dad's house. Um, and he lived in an old 1900, early 1900s house that was in the process of being converted into three or four condos. So I've always read that or heard that, you know, when there's construction in an old home sometimes it can stir some stuff up sure enough. but um i had a few experiences in this location but this one that was very blatantly obvious to me um was you know not really something i could question a lot was one evening i was lying in bed uh, about to go to sleep and i had the tv on and kind of just the way that the room was set up if i had the, the tv was all the way to one side of the room so if it was on and it was dark. The kind of the other side of the room was pretty dark too if the door was closed. So hmm. I was laying in bed, you know, kind of about to drift off to sleep and all of a sudden I heard my door creak open <sighs> and I saw a figure, a shadow in the, in the doorway that I thought was my dad. Um, and I said, hey dad, what's up? And he turned around and walked away. Oh. So I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. So I got up and followed him and I didn't see him in the kitchen, and I, which was right off my bedroom. I checked the living room, which was right off the kitchen, and then the bathroom door, which is right off the kitchen, was open, and no one was in there. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then I checked his bedroom, mm -hmm. and he was fast asleep. So I think I had a little visitor that evening. Um, but everything that happened there, nothing really felt like it was, um, was malevolent. Everything, you know, had pretty good pretty good vibe excuse me so so yeah um I did hear some a couple of times a woman laughing very loudly when I was just a, when I was about to drift off to sleep as well and it didn't really sound like it was something that was coming from inside me so I had a couple huh. of um, interesting experiences and just hearing some disembodied voices and that kind of thing um that couldn't really wow. be explained but this was my most blatant experience um, thank you so much for all you do. We love your podcast. I tell everybody who I know is interested in spook about you. So you. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. I love it so much. And I look forward to your posts when I look forward to your posts um, when they come. Thank you. 
Thank you for sharing that. Oh, a shadow that opens your door and peeks on at you while you're falling asleep. I don't like it. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everyone. Take care, and I will see you after the new year. Bye-bye.